Pickaxe. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Well, didn't we have a lovely time, everybody? Oh, Oh, it was nice. Yeah, probably. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. We're recording this in advance. Uh, thank you, everyone, for coming to Vidiot's Reunion 5, mm. uh, which uh, we did last night at yeah. the time of release. Mm. And uh, it was for a great cause. I'm sure we probably raised some money for a charity, right? We normally do that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, we auctioned off the piece of cake, mm-hmm. off of the show Piece of Cake. Uh, all sorts of exciting stuff, as well as uh, who would like to announce what's just come to the shop. <gasps> Mikey? Oh, Peter Austin, I think the honor's all yours. Oh, well. Uh, okay, then. Sure. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> Actually, I would quite like the honors to be mine. Can I? Yeah, all no. right. Fine. Oh, I thought was... Mikey's not said much yet, so he could. I, but... ju- I, just, I just wanted it's, it's your design, Peter, so yeah. you can you can wax <laughs> lyrical about it. But Ben, uh, if you want to. Yes, <laughs> it is my design. Uh, uh, is it really my design or is it Brian Butterfield's design is the question. Mm. You can now get, ladies and gentlemen, a... Gravy Bay. Oh, yes. Gravy Bay. T-shirt on our store. It's sort of a, I don't know, it's just a little little logo. The the official Gravy Bay Tourist Board logo, maybe. Is that what we're calling it? Don't know. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's t- time for another spree of Google Maps anarchy um, oh, and oh everything in Whitley Bay become Gravy, get, gravy <laughs> Bay. Please. Renaming it to Gravy Bay. Gravy Bay. <laughs> That'd be so good. Uh, yeah. yeah, go do that. Go deface some Google yeah. for us. I don't think anyone's like had any repercussions for like the hundreds no. of th- places that have been done. So just, yeah, crime's, crime's legal now. Do I it. did hear um, something was in the news like a few weeks ago about uh, Google vandalism or something. Google Maps vandalism, oh. where basically someone had done exactly what we've done. Uh, I think it was a slightly more political statement, like they changed something oh. for sort of you know to make it kind of political thing. But um, yeah, it didn't seem to catch up with us. So uh, yeah, <laughs> ours is harmless. Yeah, mm. <laughs> uh, obviously stay away from important landmarks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, use discretion. But uh, yes, I, I'm sorry, I mean, ah, yes, uh-huh. Gravy Bay. <laughs> Go to vidiotsofficial.com right now, click on the shop button and get yourself a Gravy Bay shirt. There's a very low likelihood that this will reach you in time for Christmas. Just being completely honest, yeah. in case you wanted to buy one for Christmas, we're not in charge of how uh, fast things are printed and shipped out. Um, but certainly it will get to you ASAP. Mm. No guarantees. And if you did want to get one as a Christmas present for someone, 
maybe just um, put the the sort of shipping slip in an envelope for them and say, yeah. hey, it'll be here in January for you. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or in whatever. a giant Amazon box with a rock in it to make yeah. it feel expensive, <laughs> you know. That'd be good as well. Uh, we'd also like to thank you for all of the wonderful uh, Spotify wrapped tweets yes. that we've been Ooh. sent over the past week or so. Uh, everyone's Spotify wraps started dropping and we were in the the top percentile of podcasts listened to for a number of you. So thank you very much. It's very appreciated and nice to see. It is. Ooh. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. And there's one more thing. Ooh. Go on, Mikey. Go on. Oh, God. Um um oh yes that thing yeah um (laughs) so this is not the last episode before the end of the year we have one more episode to sneak in before we take our christmas break and that will be our annual christmas extravaganza Mm -hmm. so just a warning um for all of you out there keep your eyes peeled for any fun christmas news and send it on our way when that tweet comes a knocking we'd love i'm sure christmas time is filled with crap the crappest of local news yeah. maybe there's been another oh, grinch yeah. come at someone's house and knocked everything over and ruined the oh. child's evening mm. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe someone tried to light the tree and all the bulbs exploded yeah could have happened i did see that someone has re it might have been an old story that was reposted because it was just on like out of context britain or something on twitter but someone at some point rearranged a nativity set uh, on like a village green to make it look like Mary was giving Joseph head or something. <laughs> it was like a post. In fact, it wasn't a news story. It was a screenshot from like a, a Facebook community saying there are children, many children at this crossroads and this is despicable, which I mean, you know, it is. You're you're rearranging someone's religious iconography. I don't condone that, but uh, it's, it's weird news, if nothing else. So mm. there'll be all sorts of things like that happening. Um, That's what we're looking for. Yeah. And... Equally importantly, Pod Squad. That is your last chance. The episode should be going. All things ahead. Uh, all things um, going to plan should be going out on the twenty third of December. So, if you do want to get a Christmas shout out, that will be your last chance to do so. Some of you have done it this week. Very sensible. Yeah. But next podcast will be your final chance to get a Pod Squad in. We'll tell you more about that when we start the actual show. Mm. Uh, speaking of which, do you guys? Um, shall we? Should we start the actual show? Should we start the actual show, Michael? Yeah, I think we shall. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Poddy. It's the official Vidiots podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we... Sorry, the cat's just jumped off me. Where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three ers, where everybody brings a, a thing, thing along, along to, to talk, talk about. about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Oh, hi, guys. Hello. Hello. How was your holiday, Peter Austin? It was very nice, thank you. I went to our wedding, um, where Amy was a bridesmaid, and then immediately after that we went away for a couple of days uh, and saw lots of animals and things when we were on these very, very deserted country roads. So, uh, Mm. yeah, we saw a barn owl and some (gasps) hares and, uh, you know rabbits and stuff so it was nice had a really good time doing very little lovely sounds nice did you or did you not go to shrek's swamp the airbnb Mm. 
Because I know you were going to sort of a secluded location. Oh, alas. Imagine. Imagine if I'd been there. Yeah, I could have been. Did you think, did you genuinely think I might be keeping that from you and it was going to be a big surprise or did you not? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to use it as a, as a really good segue once right. you've, once you've finished saying no. Okay. Uh, no, Ben, I did not. Why do you oh, ask? Oh, damn it. Oh. What? Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> Because, Peter, I suddenly remembered, oh, yeah, that Shrek's Airbnb thing. I wonder if they've relisted that now for anyone's book. They haven't. However, someone has now left a review that (gasps) did get to go. And the person is called Amy. Oh, So I thought maybe there's a chance that your (laughs) lovely wife managed to get you Shrek's swamp. I seemed quite evasive this morning when I got to the office. You said, did you have a nice cabin? I was like, what? And you went, a nice yeah. cabin? And I was thinking, like, I have, it sounded I don't know like what you said cabin, cabin, but I don't know what that means. And then it's because I told you before I went that it was, I don't know if I used the word cabin, but I said it's no, basically you a you know a, a shack in a field. Um, a nice shack with all the mod cons, but... Uh, yeah, cabin threw me off and I was thinking about ship's cabins and I was really confused. <laughs> How was your cruise? Yeah, from your point of view, uh, it might have been like I was going, uh, what do you, um, well, we're uh, recording um, Polyots tonight, uh, so I'll tell so, you then. Um, yeah, secret. It's a secret. You don't yeah. need to know. Uh, do you want to hear Amy's review? I'd love to. Shrek yeah. Swamp. It's a five-star review from uh, October. We had an absolutely fantastic time at The Swamp, capital S. <laughs> Couldn't have asked for a better experience. We were so well looked after and blown away by the attention to detail and how well it matched Shrek's swamp in the lowercase s, swamp in the movies. Thank you so much. And I can only assume those of you who've used Airbnb know that it's a two-way street, right? That the the host leaves a review for the person who was there as well. So I sincerely hope that considering this this is hosted by Donkey, this person is now has this badge of honor on their profile where Donkey has left them feedback. And it's official as well. It's like, it says at the bottom, doesn't it? Like it's whoever it is, DreamWorks or are they owned by Paramount ultimately or something like that. It says like... Identity verifi- verified, verified, verified. Yeah. So wow. It is so reviewed. nice to meet you. I'm Donkey and I'm making magic with Airbnb. Yes. Yes, he is. Wait, so is the Airbnb bookable yet? No, it's not, unfortunately. Um, it was. It says, uh, add dates for prices, booking period is closed. Sorry, this one-off stay is no longer available. What? Genu- Are you just- interested in becoming a host like Donkey? Explore hosting on Airbnb. <laughs> like Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So no no swamp for, for Peter, unfortunately. No, sorry. Have you guys had a good week? Non- non-holiday week? Yeah. No swamps in my life either, sadly. Mm. So no. We're all swampless. Oh, How about you, Ben? Did you go any swamps? No swamps. I had uh, I had my my friend uh, James, not Jenkins, um, up visit. James Jenkins is a friend, just to be clear, uh, up visiting, and uh, he helped me out massively by uh, doing some decorating for Ooh. us because he does that by trade, and he helped me put up some shelves. And there's just loads more uh, nerd shit up all over the place now that was previously in a cupboard like it's just spilled up onto the stair decoration now which is very exciting oh, wow. and your mr blobby print mikey oh uh, is at the top of the stairs and the walls are actually painted pink now <gasps> and we were joking about how we should put some yellow splodges uh, <laughs> along <laughs> along the walls like some sort of blobby blob blobby corridor a blobidor if you will yeah um but uh, that's it. That's that's the major update from my life. It's it's bloody cold, and uh, I'm 
feeling less festive than I thought I would at this point. Yeah, mm. yeah. let's figure out how grim the season is. But ho, 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 chocolate incoming at least. Chocolate Eat ourselves incoming, into oblivion, yeah. oblivion and warm ourselves on. That's right. We're now into Advent goodness. by the time this goes out. I've got an Advent calendar that my mum bought me. Oh, Ooh, thanks, mum. My mum bought me one as well. Have you got uh, white chocolate one? I've got white chocolate dairy-free. No, sorry, mm. la- even better. Lac- I think it's lactose-free, but Ooh. dairy, which is even Ooh, better. Nice. Yeah, I don't know Very where nice. she got that. <laughs> my mum didn't buy me an advent calendar. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Hearing you both get one actually made me a little bit sad. <laughs> oh, like, bud. Oh, I, I can buy my own damn advent, uh, you advent calendars, I you guess. Can, you can, man. You don't same. need an advent calendar to, to define you or your relationship with your mother. Yeah. My mum would probably buy one for you, Mikey, if you if you yeah. tell her, if you let her know. <laughs> like go, kick oh, up I'll enough stink. Yeah. Miss and Mrs. Austin, my, <laughs> my mother didn't buy me an advent calendar and I'm very sad. And then you can tell your mum that someone else's mum bought you an advent calendar and next year you'll get like three from her because she'll feel guilty. Yeah. yeah. Pit the mums against each other. Yeah. This is what this is what Christmas is all about. So. It is. We'll have a mum off. <laughs> which sounds a bit weird i don't know why oh god <laughs> yeah let's not think about that no uh if you'd like to help crowdfund michael johnson and advent calendar you can go to podiots.com there if you donate three pounds or more you join pod squad you get a shout out in the next episode of podiots and you support what you love and we really really appreciate it um as we continue to do this absurd show and a lot of you seem to be enjoying it and that's nice uh, so if you go there, join the pod squad, you get a shout out, just like Michael Johnson. Your waifu, but with a PP, who is very generous, and they say, hey boys or girls, just wanted to say thank you for all the Podiots episodes and for keeping this going. I love the podcast so much, I just want to like raw and nut inside them, you know? <laughs> oh. You know what I mean, guys? Guys, okay, well, see you soon. Wow, that's a strong start. Uh, that's a really strong start. I don't is. think we can, I don't think it comes, I don't think it gets any stronger than that. How uh, we'll, f- we'll find out. Thank you, your wifey, but with a PP. We continue with Brian Butterfield's Pizza, Michael Put That Down Now, Rocks the Fox, Beep Beep, oh, Beep Beep Peep, Eep. Eep, peep, e beep. <laughs> Thank you. I am a car. There we go. Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> I still love you, Caroline. Ca- uh, um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Caroline. Oh, he's, oh he's, he's been drinking a bit and um, now he's slurring his words. Mm. Caroline, please, please, pl- <laughs> please come back. And Jack Mahoff. Thank you all. <laughs> uh, we've also got Chris, my ass. Uh, Kirby Blurby Herbie Derby, Return of the Ball Bag. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. That's what I said. I thought you said Herbie Blurby Herbie Derby. No, Did I Kirby, mishear that? I may, it might have been Discord. I think I said might Kirby. Might have been Discord. I meant to, anyway. <laughs> Kirby Blurby Herbie Derby. Uh, Return of the Ball Bag, who was very generous and said, it's your favourite Jay Weber, Louis, uh, or Lewis, I think it's Louis. If you could provide my brother his Christmas present by saying, Merry Christmas, Freddie Weber, you're a cunt. <laughs> There's an extra donation in it for you. Loved you all since you were spermlets. Keys, keys. Uh, and then there's a follow-up message, a follow-up donation from Cheers for that. And the message attached is from Louis Weber. So I assume that's all one. 
thank you. We've also got Alexa remembered to donate, who is also very generous and says, Hey boys, sorry I've missed the past few pod squads, so here's a bit of a bigger one to make up for it. And sorry to everyone with a speaker that activates, uh, but blame Bezos. I had the name first. Much love. Kiss, kiss. Oh, Thank wow. you very much. Uh, and we've also got Raindrop Joy and Don Echo 7. Do we all need to read the message from 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 Louis for his brother brother Freddie? Yeah, maybe all we, of us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Fred, Fred, Freddie Weber. You're, you're, a, you're a, cunt. a cunt. In perfect oh, wow. sync. That was that's it. Gonna, that's <laughs> going to sound so good. That's what that's what he wanted. Yeah. Just like that. Do I do I fix that so they're all in time or just no, leave no. it? No, 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 okay, no, no, good. no. <laughs> it was perfect the way it was. Yeah. And we finish with Happy Blobs Giving, Stephen Skodes, Caroline I Buried the Cat, oh, Lard Breadtovich, Ordered Water But Got Pujol? 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 What's that? I don't know. Uh, was Pujol the, fart, the name of the fart man I did in the last episode? Oh. Could have been. Yeah? yeah. Ordered Water But Got Pujol. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What does it mean? At Davon X, Crunch <laughs> Crunch D's Nuts Cornflakes, Do Your Fellas Like Ladies, Ladies Nuts, I Got Em, and Mr. Macca. Uh, that's your pod squad for this week. Podiots.com, three pounds or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and join pod squad. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Uh, do you guys have a favorite? I was tickled more than I expected by at Dave on X. That yeah, got that's, me. That's- yeah, that's uh, I did like that, mm, but I can't say the same. Oh, hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. It's that one. Yeah, that's just good. That's good. It's a okay. slight change. It's a slight change on, a, on an old favorite. Mm, yeah, I ben? can't resist a, a D's nuts, so I'm gonna go. There were a couple of D's nuts mm. and uh, a, a handful of D's, of D's nuts, nuts. <laughs> and I'm gonna go for crunch D's nuts cornflakes. That's mm-hmm. my favorite one. It's I can rarely resist a Caroline as well. I do like I buried the cat. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, cowline was good as well. Cowline, cowline. Uh, that's a bovine incursion, isn't it? A cowline. Mm. Yes, there's been a <laughs> very good incursion. <laughs> yeah. Right, please, Michael can Johnson. We stop? So I'm just going to give up. Can we stop using like nut and cum and all this in our donations? <laughs> it seems as the years go on, you're all getting very naughty and. <laughs> <laughs> no one's telling them off. They're just pushing the boundaries now and seeing what they can get away with. Yeah, we do actively refund people sometimes. Occasionally someone will far. just post something really offensive and we have to refund the donation. Yeah. God. <laughs> we love you all very much. Very mm. more than we can say, but come on, come on, it's the season. At least at least for the next for the next one. Be nice. Yeah. 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 Johnson, you're still in charge Jesus you're still in charge of uh, of things from listeners so please take it away when you say take it away does that mean I read my my thing you, or you're you, in I charge choose. you're in I'm control Mike so, you choose I just I, I, I'm not built to be management and it's just like whatever you're doing frightfully well Michael ah. we're so proud of you this episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Well, Peter, I would yeah. like to use my management skills and delegate the next section of the podcast to you. That was a bad decision, and I will be reporting you to HR. You oh, should man. have done a lot better than that. Uh, but it's okay. You're on you thin are... ice, Johnson. Interesting choice, Johnson. <laughs> you want thing or listener submission, manager? Listener submission, please. Yeah. Okay, thought so. Nice. Right. Um, so this comes from River Fox and was submitted via Discord. So thank you for that. We do have a Discord. We'll talk about it later on, but uh, it's easy to find. Uh, this is according to the Daily Express, you know, the racist newspaper. Boo! Oh, no. <laughs> Diana's dead. Stop yeah. talking about her. Um, so this is written by Charlie Bradley, two first names, who says, Expat fakes heart attack more than 20 times to avoid paying restaurant bills. <laughs> What is the charge? Restaurant <laughs> owners were left furious as the man was only sent to prison for, quote, minor crimes and will walk free in 42 days. Well, we'll see if he walks. He might he might keel over. Um, <laughs> yeah, he might. A man faked a heart attack at least... Oh, this it starts well. Right, I'll read this word for word. This is the grammar they've gone with. A man faked a heart attack at least 20 Spanish restaurants to avoid paying the bill in a brazen <laughs> scheme. Daily uh, Express, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Originally from Lithuania, the man has now been jailed, having not paid two fines following his outrageous stunts. A picture has been... <laughs> Mad stunts, sorry. <laughs> the word stunts is forever tainted for me. What have you had for your tea? All of it? <laughs> not paid for it? A picture has been sent out of the man showing him slumped in a chair as restaurants warned of his antics. He feigned heart attacks in this way at every restaurant he went to, the majority of which were in Costa Blanca. Here is the photo of the man slumped in the chair. Um, I don't know if this is him in the process of pretending to have a heart attack. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. Why is it so close to his face? I don't know. Um... That's that image is from the sun, apparently. Oh, getting all the rags into there. Yeah. Um, it then continues. Uh, he feigned heart attacks in this. Yeah, everywhere, mostly in Costa Blanca. Um, one restaurant owner told of how the man ordered several glasses of whiskey before pretending to have a health episode. The man, the manager of El Buen Corner, uh, oh no, sorry, El Buen Comer, C O M E R, said. It was very theatrical. He pretended to faint and slumped himself down on the floor. We have sent this photo around to all the restaurants to try and stop him from striking again. Uh, a worker at Sale and Pepe added, We've all received a warning with his photo telling us to be careful and do not serve him anything. The man has been jailed for 42 days for refusing to pay his fines. Because each incident only cost the businesses a small amount of money at the time, the offence is only considered a minor crime. Restaurant owners, however, are now planning to file a joint complaint which could land the man up to two years in jail. Oh. A lawyer from firm Navarra Sancho said, He has taken advantage of the legal system. With such small fines unpaid, it's difficult to achieve a longer sentence in prison. 
This comes after a restaurant owner was left £7,000 out of pocket when a married couple left Italy without paying for a banquet. Oh, sheesh. You've got to take payment in advance on a banquet, yeah. On a banquet, surely. yeah. Yes, we'll have uh, two banquets, please. And you just say, okay, I'll, get, I'll bring the bill at the end. Here it comes. At KFC, uh, it's only like 10 quid a banquet. Yeah, and it comes in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, free yeah. bucket. You just strap it to your face like a horse. Like a horse bag, feed bag, yeah. Uh, Moreno Priorietti and Andre Svenja married in Frosinone, southeast of Rome. By, uh, but they left the country without paying for the huge meal that fed their 80 guests. Oh, what? Unbelievable. So, yeah, that was just a bit of padding at the end where they told a completely <laughs> different story over a paragraph. But that's, What was the name of the it. town where this guy was doing this? Uh, principally in Costa Blanca. Costa Blanca. I'm going to Google it. I bet it looks lovely. Mm. The White oh, it Coast. do look lovely. It do be lovely. Yeah, oh, that's nice. It looks a bit like Gravy Bird. In fact, oh my God. Oh no, maybe it's different. Maybe it's a different identical geographical location, but the the thumbnail for the Gravy Bay episode, I took a coastline with a bay that looks very similar to Costa Blanca. Well, oh I've uh, I've just looked up the Spanish for gravy and it translates as salsa. So uh, oh, whoa. Well, that's not correct. Costa Salsa, I guess, is Gravy call Bay. It Costa Bisto. Uh, oh, I'll see. Costa Salsa. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, I commend the um, the person who, like, saw through the the heart attack dude's um, charade because, like, imagine getting that wrong and the dude yeah. actually having a heart attack and a whole restaurant of people just saw you taking pictures of this dude going, you're a scammer, I know you're faking it. What's the problem oh, with Crying Wolf? There's literally a story about this. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. He's if not he going to get the help many, he needs. Exactly. If he eats too many of those free meals, he's going to raise his cholesterol. And uh, one day it might actually happen. He'll be in big trouble. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, River Fox, was that, who sent that in? Thank you very much for your yes. submission. Um, <clears throat> wonderful. Thank you. Uh, ben, would you yes. like to carry the show on with your main thing? I would absolutely love to. This main thing is a news story, actually, not unlike a listener-submitted thing. Um, I don't know if this was submitted as a listener-submitted thing, and maybe we didn't choose it, but I saw it, um, and I just think it's very us. It's yeah. from October the 10th, so it's quite recent. And this is uh, from LiveScience.com. They mated like mad. Low-flying helicopter sparks massive crocodile orgy in Australia. Oh, my God. Wow, okay. A Chinook helicopter flying, over, uh, flying above a crocodile farm in Queensland appears to have set off a huge sexy frenzy, with the crocs mistaking <laughs> the noise and vibrations as a signal it was time to make babies. Oh. This is uh, written by Jacqueline Kwan. A large-scale saltwater crocodile mating frenzy was recently triggered by an unlikely suspect in Australia, a low-flying Chinook helicopter. Researchers from the Karana Crocodile Farm in Queensland, which is home to over 3,000 crocodiles, said their scaly residents became aroused after the flyby and mated like mad. <clears throat> John Lever, owner of the farm, told ABC that the Chinook pilots use his farm as a marker point to change course mid-flight, with one pilot recently coming especially low so the people on board could snap a few photos of the crocs. Snap a few photos. <laughs> oh, very good. All of the big males got up and roared and bellowed up at the sky, and then after the helicopters left, they mated like mad, Lever said. There's something about the sonic waves that really gets them stirred up. 
So what is it about low-flying helicopters that gets Crocs in the mood? Herpetologist, which I'm going to need one of you to Google, Mark O'Shea from the University of Wolverhampton in the UK, told Live Science there are a few reasons why a helicopter might spark crocodile, a crocodile sex frenzy. One a reason, herpetologist maybe... is a zoologist who studies reptiles and amphibians such as frogs and salamanders. Oh, there we um, are. Thank you, Peter. It's, so what's sorry? I'm going to look up the etymology of herpes now. If you carry on, oh yes, this. oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's important. It's an important thing to know. Hmm. One reason may be tied to helicopters simulating many of the warning signs of an incoming thunderstorm. Heavy rains are known to have an aphrodisiac effect on many species of crocodilians, and saltwater crocodiles appear to time mating so new hatchlings do not drown in floodwater after heavy rains and storms, O'Shea said. They mate during thunderstorms, thunderstorms, so offspring are more likely to hatch in more moderate conditions. Usually mating is a seasonal thing because crocodiles want to coincide with, their, with the best time to lay their eggs in a burrow or nest. Warm and wet weather usually triggers mating behaviours and October is just about the right time for crocodile romance in northern Australia, where Lever's crocodile farm is located. But the low-flying helicopter's rotors may produce the same signals that tell crocodiles a storm is close. Crocodiles have multi-sensory organs called integumentary sensory organs, ISOs, which is also how you play video games, what are old. (laughs) They are used to detect changes, such as movements in the water, atmospheric pressure, and sounds at extremely low frequencies. I imagine that the downdraft from a large, heavy helicopter would create a change in pressure that the ISOs on crocodile skin can detect, O'Shea said. Dropping barometric pressure from a downdraft may resemble the change in pressure from a storm. Another... A potential explanation, O'Shea says, is that the Chinooks could be producing infrasound, sounds so low in frequency that they are undetectable to the human ear. Such vibration, vibration sorry, can also be picked up by ISOs. Chinooks the sounds may... that the, the, the helicopter's giving out that people can't hear, just half sex, half sex, half sex, half sex. <laughs> it's just Barry White. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a low frequency Barry White, who's already <laughs> pretty low frequency. <laughs> Chinooks may artificially recreate the sound of the start of a thunderstorm, he said. Such vibrations play an important function in crocodilian communication. The sound of Chinook's powerful rotors may resemble the sound of competing crocodilian males, such as the low bellowing sounds of males looking for a mate, or the sounds of males slapping the water with their jaws, another territorial and courting behaviour. So is a Chinook helicopter all it takes to get crocodiles in the mood? O'Shea says he is not so sure. Crocodiles may need to already be picking up subtle clues, like subtle cues, sorry, like changes in temperature that signal their traditional mating season is about to start in order to be swayed by the large aircraft. Right. So we can't so just are. start breeding crocodiles really, really easily with a no. Chinook now. It has to be the perfect storm, as it were, of uh, various stimuli, and then you fly a Chinook really low, and then they will all have a crazy fuck session. Right. Well, um, herpes, uh, the etymology is from the Greek, uh, originally from the Greek herpon, herpion, uh, Mm -hmm. which is, um, means to creep, uh, which gave the word shingles, which is what herpes comes from or is related to. And, uh, similarly it is, it relates to a, to a snake or a reptile as a creeping animal. So they both ultimately go back to creeping. It's a creeping animal or a creeping skin disease. Oh, and it means that's... gravy in Spanish. It does, yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, there we are. That's my thing. 
That's amazing. I, I, I did do some quick math. Well, I, did, I haven't done the math yet, but I've got the two numbers that I need to put together. So, like, I mean, having, I, I think having 3,000 crocodiles in one place, usually at sanctuaries, like, they monitor breeding and stuff, but if all of them have just done a sex at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, 3,000. Let's assume it's a 50-50 split of male-to-female crocs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like, on average, crocodiles lay... About 30, no, let's say 40 eggs per mm-hmm. laying. Um, so there's a potential there of 60,000. <laughs> yeah, it's quite Wait, the that... increase, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, um. I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, soon, yeah, Australia is just going to become Crocodile Island when that place starts spilling out and then helicop- helicopters come in to rain in <laughs> out the crocodiles. <laughs> and they just, oh, no, yeah. they're doing it again. God and, damn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> We should try and fly a Chinook over some pandas, see if that gets them in the middle. Oh, nothing's yeah. going to work with those guys. <laughs> well, now, apparently, pan- there are too many pandas. They're no longer in danger. They've they've been uh-huh. like going at it like mad. There's loads of them in Chinese zoos. We're all right. Pandas are fine. We need to deal with like rhinos and stuff now. And, yeah, yeah, people could stop shooting leopards. rhinos. That would be lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much, Ben. You're welcome. Uh, Let's roll into my viewer-submitted thing. Mm. Uh, this one comes from Nicole at NickyG373 on Twitter. And I'm glad to say this is the return, kind of, of an all-familiar character. As the Bedminster shopper spots oh. Crow oh. queuing for the bakery. Oh, my God. Yeah, queuing queuing for the bakery. (laughs) Wait, there's so much to unpack here. I love how this story is still going. And it's it's not just Acro is in an Asda somewhere. It's Asda Bedminster Bedminster. again. The bird one. Oh, God. Asda Birdminster, yeah. Oh, brilliant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, 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 again, like this, like I'll be honest, like I rarely ever go to Asda, but the reoccurring stories of birds being in the shop do really get me tempted to go down just in case, because it sounds like there's a pretty good chance that when you go yeah. to Asda, you'll find a bird there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send a picture of the little crow queuing for the bakery. Uh, oh, so polite! Not really queuing <laughs> as as well, about to steal some bread. Yeah. Oh dear, good boy. Oh, um, the sub. Title reads, I've seen some sights in Asda over the years, but never seen some bird attack in the bakery. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Article begins, a shopper in a Bristol Asda store has told of their surprise when they were joined at the in-store bakery by a cheeky crow. The South Bristol shopper, who declined to be named, said she spotted the bird a few seconds earlier flying around in the corner of the store (laughs) before it landed at the bakery to pick up a few crumbs. Oh my god! As to Bedminster, it, like if people who like well don't live in Bristol, it is like it's a hellhole in every way, and it just yeah. seems to be getting better and better with time. So, yeah, I say welcome in the bird overlords. Let's get some more of them in. Mm-hmm. The bald bird had somehow got into the Bedminster Parade store on Wednesday morning and was checking out the bargains when a Bristol live <laughs> reader spotted it at the back of the store by the bakery section. She said, "I've seen some sights in Asda over the years, but I've never seen some bird attacking the bakery." I thought, what on earth is a bird doing in the shop? Do you think it's <laughs> waiting for a cake to be printed? <laughs> oh, I think it's a rude one. <laughs> yeah, I've got my receipt. Can I have a cake, please? Oh. 
The shopper, who was in the store around 10am on Wednesday this week, November 22nd, managed to get a quick picture of the bird as it was choosing which bit of bread to steal before it flew off again. (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked, but it was funny. You don't expect to see a bird in a shop, she said. It was flying around at first. That's when I noticed it, she added. Great, thanks. Uh, (laughs) It was only by the bakery for a few seconds before it flew off to stand on the aisles. It picked something up from the bakery, dropped it, and then went flying around the store. (laughs) Great. So is it, I assume because it's far more intelligent than a seagull, it was able to make its way out of the store. It's not stuck in there. Oh, that's true, actually. I I hope there's some kind of... Wait, is there is there a resolution to this, or is the crow still in the shop to this day? The crow is um, now being given a management position uh, and <laughs> stocks the bread. We like the way you think, crow. Hmm. Uh, it. Sorry, have my internet cut out? Are you guys here? Oh. Oh. <laughs> At the last we heard from Mikey was. Sorry, sorry is my in? <laughs> as he gets Thanos snapped out of existence. <laughs> Yes, Hopefully your he's not talking right now. Has, has gone out, Mikey. Sorry. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, Michael. There we go. Sorry. That's uh, Yeah, I think I heard he's been given a management position, so um, yes. I'll just mm-hmm. carry on from there. Oh, that's annoying. I just dipped out. I was like, hello? Can anyone hear me? Hello? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we got a great one on our end. Yeah. What did you, you get? It was uh, just, sorry, is my in... <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Yeah, we'll leave it in there. It's all going in the edit, I think. It's all, all going in the edit. Hello, yeah. we're back. Um, it was only by the bakery for a few seconds, but uh, oh no, no, that's I've read that bit. It's not the first time this year that birds have got into uh, Bedminster Asda, as we're, we're familiar. Back in June, the seagull got inside the store for more than a fortnight, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, a month later, a second seagull, or possibly the first one again, got inside the Asda store, but that one was released sooner. It's also not the first time a crow has caused a bit of a stir at the Bedminster Asda store. God, they are <laughs> recurring characters, aren't they? Back in January 2020, Bristol Live told the story of a local uh, of a crow locals called Toby. He based himself each day in the nearby Rope Walk pub, hung out in the store car park and uh, the trolley area, and generally got up to mischief. Oh, that uh, kind of rings a bell, Toby the Crow. I, I think he was mentioned in one of the last Seagull arc. Oh, right, yeah, got. yeah. And then in the related articles, there's story of Toby the Crow, the King of Bedminster. <laughs> um, and the last bit here. Toby's antics included undoing the shoelaces of people waiting at the bus stop. Oh, this is Toby. This is, this, oh, is yeah. the, this is the famous one. I want to know what the crow in the shop Yeah, what's this crow? What's our crow doing? Is the crow, crow still there? Come on, guys. You can't leave us hanging like this. I'm going to just do a quick search for Bedminster Crow and see if there's a follow-up article. Nope, it's all Toby. Damn it, that crow's really stealing the limelight. Well, our crummy little crow is our favourite today. Thank you very much, Nicole, for sending that in. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Shall we continue with Peter? Yes, Yes. okay. I'd love to continue with Peter. Um, So... We're sticking with an avian theme right now. Um, I have got a story here. Um, I'll just read you the headline. Man comes to accept the fact that a random pigeon is living on his head. <laughs> what? Quote, quote okay. in the subheading, I've learned to live with it. Um, <laughs> take it off. <laughs> take it off. Well, this is actually an older story than you might think. 
This goes back all the way to October 1969. <laughs> nice. Ooh, nice. Um, and it was uh, recorded at the time by the BBC. And shortly I can send you a clip uh, of a, a video clip of the pigeon living on the man's head and an interview of the man that he does with the BBC while a pigeon walks around and round in circles on his head. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> but for now, I will read you the article. Um, in October 1969, this is according to the Dodo, by the way, written by Stephen Messenger. Uh, in October 1969, something rather odd happened to Glyn Wood, a tax inspector from Stetchford, England. As Wood strolled down the street one day, a random pigeon flew in and landed on his head. It stayed there as he walked home, the Birmingham Post reporter stated at the time. Nothing he could do would shift it. <laughs> Amazingly, the bird remained with Wood for a week, mostly staying atop his head. And though he likely could have ridded himself of the clingy bird by some less-than-gentle means, Wood took a more humane approach to the feathered hanger-on. He let him stay. Oh. In a recently resurfaced interview with the BBC, Wood describes the odd situation with remarkable grace and understanding. Uh, I will now send you the link to the clip um, because pretty much the rest of the article is just quoting the uh, the thing. So if we all uh, perhaps watch it at the same time, uh, then Mikey, perhaps yeah. you can insert the audio in the background. So if we all hit pause. <laughs> I'm, I'm already first frame in. I'm very excited for this. Video. No, this already yeah. looks good. <laughs> it's, it is good. Right. Should we do a three, two, one? Yes. yes. Okay. On play. Three, two, one. One play. Does it seem a fairly friendly sort of bird? <laughs> oh, it's very it friendly. Been... Very friendly to me, that is. Oh, it's very friendly. It doesn't like my wife. Do you think it recognises you? I think it must do, because on Friday evening, out of about 50 or 60 people, it picked me out. <laughs> but have you tried to push it off and get rid of it? Oh, I did it. I, in the first instance, I did, yes, about four or five times. And it just flew around and came back on my head again. Where does it go with you? It goes everywhere. Everywhere that I go, the pigeon goes. Up the road, in the shops, greengrocers. But what happens when you want to go to work in the morning? Uh, well, each night I put it in the garage and lock the doors. Why? And then the following morning, <laughs> when I'm well clear of the house, my wife opens the garage doors and it flies off. And what happens when you come home at night? Oh, when I come home at night, it's waiting for me. <laughs> Isn't it a problem when you want a meal? It was at first, but um, I've learned to live with it. And uh, when I'm I've hungry, I've learned I eat. to live with it. Don't you find it rather messy keeping a pigeon at top? Goodness me. Yes, I've gone through three suits and about half a dozen shirts to now. Do you think there's any answer to the problem? I don't the problem. see one. Um, if it was all in my mind, I could see a psychiatrist and uh, that would be the end of the matter. But this is real. <laughs> I love the... Sorry. It's really interesting, the accent he's affecting as well. Like the sort of mm. the proper... Oh, yes, the proper BBC way of... T and you can mm. hear his actual accent slip through, but it's it's so weird to hear how everyone was expected to talk on the BBC at that time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not being funny, but he says, if it wasn't real, I could see a psychiatrist and get it sorted out. <laughs> but this is real. This I is think real. maybe you you could still see a psychiatrist, perhaps. There is the so that much that could be done about this. So <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> so much. Especially in 1969, when people were probably not averse to just shooting pigeons and putting them in mm. a pie. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I really wish he'd killed the pigeon but if it but, really yeah. really really would not leave him alone and was sitting on his windowsill pecking at the glass waiting to get back on his head all hours of the day then you know 
there, there are still things that could be done about it rather than have it walk round and round and round in circles on your head. <laughs> and you're going through 12 shirts and three suits. <laughs> suits. Yeah, it's quite yeah. costly. Like, yeah, he's adopted a very expensive pet there. God. Oh, and for the viewers at home, our listeners at home, like it is, it is just a pigeon on a man's head. But as he said, throughout the entire thing, just rotating slowly yeah. around his head, and it's, it is marvelous. It's a real sight to behold. I'm not even God. sure it looks very happy. I like. Um, well, I'm I'm curious about the bit where he said, um, like, out of fifty or sixty people, it found him. Did he like? get everyone in the church hall to be like, all right, does this pigeon really know me? Or like, am I his yeah. favourite? Or do you just go to anyone? <laughs> How's he sure it's like, right. the same pigeon if it flies off? Yeah. I mean, it's unlikely that a new pigeon every <laughs> day is coming back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get the impression that this man likes it. Yeah. I think he's enjoying himself. he got to go on the telly with it. He's, of course he's loving it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, that's that's kind of the story. Um, uh, I'll see. There is a little bit more in the article, actually. So we'll go back to that. But some of it is they are just quoting that video that we just saw. Um, but it says, though Wood's time with the pigeon living on his head may have seemed indefinite, the situation eventually came to a happy conclusion. Um, so actually, yeah, this is worth reading. After seeing news coverage about the incident, a local family came forward. They recognised the pigeon as their beloved pet, Charlie, whom they had raised since he was young. I saw a little boy who had a baby pigeon, Irene Mayotler, Charlie's owner, recalled to the Birmingham Post reporter. He gave him to me to look after. Charlie was now back where he belonged. Um, And uh, there is a a screenshot, or not a screenshot, a a photograph here of some news write-up that was done at the time. Let me just send this to you guys, which shows... A photo of the pigeon sitting on the man's head while he eats something with a spoon. No. Oh. Um, so uh, Charlie ended up back on the right head, according to the Birmingham Post reporter. Um, Charlie, who was known to sit upon Myotla's head, had reportedly gotten lost while on a walk prior to his encounter with Wood. Scared and alone, Charlie sought protection from a stranger, a risky endeavour that paid off in spades. Even 50 years later, it's clear he picked the perfect head. Um, so there you go. I didn't realise there was that much of a conclusion to the article, actually. Oh, that's nice. It it's good to know. quote the video. Yeah. Well, there we go. I, I'm, I'm overjoyed to find that this is someone else's pet and they trained it to sit on their head at all times, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be a learned behaviour. Wow. And it just latched onto a different man because it got lost. It was like, well, I need to find, <laughs> I need to find some head to sit on. A head's a head, man. Yeah. 
How come there's no stories of the original owner? Like, surely that like that was a local legend. Like the the pigeon man of Birmingham. Yeah, he walked around at all times with a spinning pigeon, and it lands on this bloke, and then suddenly, whoa, we're on the news. Yeah. Oh, I'm very jealous. Actually, I want that. Well, Love I thought it. you might be Mikey. I did think of you when I saw a man with a pigeon on his head. I thought that's a Michael Johnson way of life. Yeah. <laughs> like I could do, I think, like half an hour a day of the pigeon on my head. Yeah. And, like. And then I probably get a bit sick of it. Like it's just the pooping, and I don't have enough money for all those suits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, delightful though. Well, there you go. Little story for you there. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely story. Thank you. You're welcome. Ben. Yes. Would you like to read your viewer submitted thing? I would love to. This is a local news story to us, Peter. This oh. is from South Shields. Mm. And oi, oi. it comes to us via the northernecho.co.uk, written by Tom Burgess. Benji, the South Shields cat that loves Aldi and uses human toilets. Okay. That's the headline. Me too, Benji, me too. <laughs> Benji from South Shields has extended the morning bathroom queue of the Doran household ever since the eight-year-old cat left his litter tray behind. Along with his unusual toilet habits, he has begun to regularly visit the local Aldi where he is often reported missing by concerned shoppers. Rachel Doran, his owner, has been receiving up to 30 calls a day from shoppers and has to explain that he prefers Aldi to his home. The 32-year-old, this is the person, not the cat, (laughs) has taken to putting up posters in the supermarket car park that say, Not Missing. The posters say, I am not lost. I come to Aldi every day. Please do not feed me. I have allergies. Would you like to see the poster? (laughs) Yes, I'd love to. Uh, Here is, um, there's Benji. He's on his way. There's Benji. Benji the Aldi cat, it says. Benji the (laughs) Aldi cat. I am not lost. (laughs) Miss Doran said, he's an absolute one-off. He's always been a bit different, but lately he's been driving us mad. His toilet habits came as a complete shock to us. It started when he began watching my eldest son during his potty training. After seeing Harry use the potty, Benji decided he should be using it as well and would do his business in it, which was strange enough. But when Harry graduated to the toilet, Benji copied that as well. Now there are times where we're waiting outside the bathroom for the cat to finish on the toilet so that one of us can use it. It's a crazy situation and I've never heard of a cat doing this before, but I don't think he's like any other cat. I have seen videos of cats using the toilet, but only because I think they've been trained to do so. I don't know if I've heard of one just actually hogging the bathroom. Just using it. Thank you to uh, Kylo on the Discord as well for, for submitting this story, by the way, before I continue. Benji's love for Aldi began in the summer, when customers regularly took him to the nearby vet when they assumed he was missing. Miss Doran added, Aldi is just the other side of our garden wall, so it's not far for him to go, and I think he's discovered that if he hangs around by the trolleys, people will feed him. I've had people say they give they gave him some ham or chicken, or even went back into the shop to buy him some treats. He knows that if he goes to Aldi every day, he's going to get all kinds of goodies, so it's no wonder he's so keen to be there. Uh, what does it say down here? Sorry, there's loads of linked articles. He likes to be at home when it's raining, but if it's a fine day, he'll spend the day at Aldi lying under the trolleys until someone feeds him. I've now put a message on his tag saying, if I'm at Aldi, I'm fine. But people still occasionally take him to the vet because they think he's lost. He's a very loved cat and we wouldn't have him any other way, but at times his behaviour can be a bit challenging. Oh my God. Um, The comments are... Really good. Um, they're from from like proper local news website 
commenters. Right. Uh, so we've got Neist M, who said, another slow news day, eh? Breaking news just in, Moggy takes dump somewhere other than a neighbour's <laughs> garden. Four people upvoted that. <laughs> Jeff the Chef said, uh, Tom watching pet shitting videos and getting paid for it. What a joke journalism spelled the Spongebob meme way has become. FYI, wow. Tom, trained pets have been doing this longer than you've been born, smiley face. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Garlic bread, I'm not going to read it, but it's basically calls out the owner by name and says that your cat might be squashed by a car and you will blame everyone but yourself. The RSPCA should be called in and have a word, your lug hole, consider yourself, what? Have a word in your lug hole, consider yourself named and shamed. Can you? But the the RSPCA can't stop a cat going to no. Aldi car park. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. Do you want to see the cat doing a shit on the toilet? Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You would, no, the answer is yes, and yeah, it's I'd the embedded to. video at the top of this article. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send it so you guys can have a look. You just know that there's a, an Aldi store assistant that is hanging around a human house and shitting in a litter tray somewhere, yeah. um, just to balance the universe. Name and shamed. Name and shamed. Have a word in your lug hole, Peter Austin. Yeah. Yeah, well. We've we've temporarily lost Mikey, by the way. I think his internet's gone again. But you can have a look at that video while we're going, and hopefully Mikey can sink sink back in with us. Yeah, I'll... uh, When I click on it, it just takes me to the article, seemingly. Yes. Um, Yeah, the video's right at the top. Should be, Uh, anyway. It's not loaded yet. I think it's just... It's just uh, taking its sweet time. Oh, hello. Hello, Mikey. Hello, I'm back in the You're room. Back. My internet's been real fun tonight. It's, it's playing up, isn't it? I just linked the the video of Benji oh. taking a poo in the toilet. I'm oh my god, Benji wait, taking a poo. Oh my god, I did wonder what they're referring to with the video. Oh, yeah. well, I can't wait to. What, have you both already watched it? I'm uh, watching well, it right now. yeah, I've seen a bit of it. It's he's just squatting on the edge of a toilet. That's that's really oh. all you can see. So I'm sitting through a 20 second ad in order to watch it. Um, this better be worth it. <laughs> Oh, it's so worth it. I could send you a screenshot if you'd like to see it. I did see the first frame of it sitting on the toilet. Oh, now I've got a bloody advert. Uh, Oh, my um, God. I'm just like, yeah, because like if the cat pisses and craps all over the toilet, it's not that you can tell them off like who's who's done a shat in the toilet style. It's just... (laughs) How do you stop a cat from using an adult toilet? How do you stop a cat from using Aldi? That's the real question. Oh, yeah, you can't. <laughs> Name down shape. Give, give it a little plus card, I guess. <laughs> well, that's my listener submitted it. thing there. Okay. I mean, I'm watching it. It's having yeah, a great time, but yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a cat pooing in a toilet. <laughs> they didn't mm. lie. It's just sitting on the toilet. Just just sort of squatting over the edge. Sitting on the toilet? Yeah. Sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've always kind of wanted a a, a pet that, well, I guess cat's the most likely candidate, but a pet of some variety that became a local legend for like cruising around shops. But Mm. I I imagine it is a bit of a nuisance when, you know, like every week Benji's off to the vets again because someone's (laughs) someone's keeps stealing him from Aldi. I mean, needing him discount bread from the bakery section. As we're on the subject of car parks and taking a shit, um, I might just shout out a thing that was submitted late by Mike Bove, if I'm saying that right, on Twitter. And the reason I will shout this out is because it's basically a two-line story. Um, Ohio attorney suspended for shitting in a Pringles can and tossing (laughs) it into the parking lot of a crime victim advocacy uh, advocacy centre. His defence for doing so was basically... 
actually, I shit into Pringles cans and toss them into parking lots all the time. <laughs> I didn't specifically target the crime victim advocacy car park. <laughs> I've I've pulled the Pringles prank at least 10 times this year. <laughs> it's his uh, that was his defense. I do it all the time. I didn't target the crime victims. What are you talking about? I always shit in Pringle cans. <laughs> Um, well, he called it a prank. Is it a prank, or is it just like needs must? So he shits in a Pringle can, or well, is this like the writer what? called it a prank? I don't know. Oh, it sounds yeah, like that's... a so- it sounds like ass alt to me. Yes, indeed. Um, but that that's the story. There's no, not much more to it than that. So uh, it probably wouldn't have made a full thing anyway. But oh, amazing. Thank you both very much. Thank Maybe you. Benji Benji the cat can learn to poo in a Pringles can. Yeah. that would be unstoppable yeah there we go that work. <laughs> all right and now it's time for my thing um and i have a tale of one of i'm going to say one of the most outrageous stunts ever pulled in the music industry there's probably mm. been weirder ones but this is like a oh oh really oh kind of one okay. um so gather round um got to give a bit give a bit of backstory got to build up to the main event so listen and sit and relish in the story of the KLF. For ravers of a certain age, the electronic band known as the KLF, a.k.a. the Justified Ancients of Moomoo, a.k.a. the Jams, a.k.a. the Time Lords, a.k.a. K Foundation, a.k.a. 2K, and a.k.a. K2 Plant Hire. Oh, that's the Um, one I know. That's the last one. (laughs) K2 Plant Hire, that's that's the good stuff. (laughs) Um, They provided many of the dance floor fillers of the early 90s, and the KLF comprised of two people, well, mainly two people, they had a rotating cast, but it was two visionaries, and that was Bill Drummond and Jimmy Courtney. And they loved causing chaos, which is the focus of today's thing. Um, so, they, yeah, they, they formed a band, I think, like around late 80s. Um, they released a few singles. They had good success, well, moderate success. Nothing really blew the lids off the charts. But then in 1988, Drummond and Corti released a novelty pop single uh, titled Doctorin' in the TARDIS. Uh, sorry, oh. Doctorin' the TARDIS. Um are you you're you're a Doctor Who boy. Are you familiar with this, Peter? I'm not familiar with this. No, I'm. I mean, I'm familiar of, with the Doctor and the TARDIS, but no, I don't think I've heard heard of this. It's it's uh it's a fine song. It's I think it's just a mashup of the Doctor Who theme song and a Gary Glitter song. Oh no! It. And then some okay. lyrics. Yeah. It's, right. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and yeah, they released that under the name The Time Lords. Uh, the song was uh, re- was the result of a deliberate effort to write a number one hit single. And according to the British music press, the result was rancid, pure, unadulterated agony and excruciating. A record so noxious that a top 10 place can be its only destiny. And they were right. Doctor and the TARDIS sold over one million copies and did indeed hit number one on the UK charts. Um, And so suddenly the KLF were quite flush with cash all of a sudden. Ah. and so they used this money um, for, for a little while just to continue releasing music. And they did for the years following. Um, and then, yeah, they went from that to being the biggest selling singles act in the world uh, for 1991. So they wow. started from the bottom and now they're well and truly here. And as they kind of hit this peak of public influence and uh, infamy, not infamy, not, they weren't infamous yet. They were just, you know, musicians. Um they, they hit the peak of their career, and in 1992, the KLF and grindcore group Extreme Noise Terror Whoa. performed 
a live version of one of their songs at the Brit Awards. Drummond and Corti had planned to throw buckets of blood over the audience or to disembowel a dead sheep on stage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. It takes a turn very quickly. I think there's a few other little bits before this, but this is, like, the first notable, like, okay, these guys are kooky. It's um, like that God of War PR event that never actually oh happened, God. where they, like, killed a goat or, you know, yeah, I think they sacrificed a goat or something, and they were, like, naked waitresses, yeah. or, and, and oh none of it's God. true. None of it's true? <laughs> it no, sounds true, not. though. I think an event happened and there was like one very, very tame thing, something that was like not at all exciting. And then it all came, it, all, all this like fake stuff came out about like, oh yeah, they killed a goat and they like served up like weird sacrilegious food or something like, and none of it was true. Oh, well, I thought, I thought it was true for you forever i don't think oh, so i'll double check that but i'm pretty sure it's no, i'm just i'm just gonna I'm, like i blindly believe the story at first i'm gonna blindly believe you <laughs> um so yes they also wanted to disembowel uh, disembowel an animal uh for entertainment i guess but they were prevented from doing so due to position from bbc lawyers and the fact that extreme noise terror were vegetarians right nice of them to respect that um, associates uh, reasoned that the plan was to generate such revulsion towards the band that they would be ostracized from the music industry and a comeback would be totally impossible. Um, so, yeah, they wanted to end their music career in great fashion. Um, I think simply they just did it because they were getting a bit bored and sick of the music industry and how insidious it was. And they thought, screw this. Let's murder a sheep. <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, when they were told they couldn't do the dead sheep, um, Drummond instead considered chopping his own hand off on stage with an axe. What? Um, that also didn't happen. So instead, the <laughs> the Brit Awards performance we got, this isn't the crazy bit either, this is just the warm-up. Um, right. The performance was instead concluded with a limping, kilted, cigar-chomping Drummond firing blanks from an automatic weapon over the heads of the crowd. So using an actual machine gun, but firing blanks at a crowd of people. Oh my oh. God, okay. <laughs> um, as the band left the stage, the KLF's promoter and narrator over the peer system uh, set, proclaimed over the peer system that the KLF have now left the music business. Um, <laughs> and so that was their, their way of leaving the industry. And later in the evening, because uh, it turns out they did already get a sheep and kill it. Uh, so later in the evening, the band dumped the dead sheep with the message, I died for you, bon appetit, uh, tied around its waist at the entrance to one of the post-ceremony parties. Oh goodness cute. me! Wow, you, nice. yeah. So they're they're making a message. Um, so yeah, over the course of the career, I think they did come back and do like bits of music here and there, but that was kind of like the end of that being their thing. And across their career, they estimated they made about six million pounds from their music. So pretty good going. Mm. Um, said so they we paid nearly half of that in tax and spent the rest on production costs. When we stopped. The production costs stopped too. So over the next few months, we amassed a surplus of cash still coming in from record sales. This amounted to about £1.8 million. And after tax, we were left with about £1 million. This was the money that later became the K Foundation Fund for the advancement of creation. Creation spelt with a K. Oh. Uh, so yeah, they had all this money lying around. And rather than, I don't know, buying a house and living comfortably for the rest of their lives, um, they figured... You know what, maybe we should do something fun with this money. Um, so initially they were toying with the idea of um, creating a fund for struggling artists managed by the K Foundation. 
Um, but, Drum, uh, Drummond said, we realise that struggling artists are meant to struggle. That's the whole point. So instead, the duo decided to create art with the money. Um, they contemplated a few ideas. But after hitting a number of dead ends with like art installations and galleries, no one was really interested in housing a million pounds. Jimmy said, why don't we just burn it? No. What? what? Um, or, or don't. Or just give it to charity or something, maybe. Or we could burn it. And mm. that's 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 what they did. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. The K Foundation's <laughs> ultimate resolution for their one million pound problem was rather less showbiz, but dramatic nonetheless. Uh, the foundation having decided that making a public spectacle of the event would lessen its impact, they did it all covert without telling anyone. On 20... Well, it did tell people, but yeah, not not didn't make it like, oh, look at us, we're burning money, woo! Um, on the 22nd of August, uh, Reed, Drummond, Corti and Gimpo... Gimpo? Gimpo? Gimpo, you know Gimpo, right? Of course I know Gimpo. Yeah, my favourite member of the band, Gimpo. Never forget Gimpo. Who could forget dear Gimpo? Didn't he get, uh, he got charged in the last episode of Poddy It's Gimpo yes. for uh, yes. oh, Gimpo, no. Yeah. Oh, Gimpo. Um, so yes, the gang and Gimpo touched down on, on the island of Jura. Jura? Jura? Is it pronounced? Jura, it's Scottish. Jura. Jura. Uh, they touched down early morning at twenty on the twenty third of August, nineteen ninety four, in an abandoned boathouse. They incinerated the money. The burning was witnessed by Reed, who subsequently wrote an arc- article about the act, and it was filmed on a video camera by collaborator Gimpo. <laughs> there um, he is. As there he is, he's got a job. <laughs> it's not just a pretty face. Uh, <laughs> as the burning began, Reed said he felt guilt and shock. These feelings he reported quickly turned to boredom. Boredom? <laughs> boredom. He didn't even enjoy it. No, yeah, it's just like, after, I guess at first, like, all right, well, I guess we're doing this now. Right. Oh, my God. The money took well over an hour to burn as Drummond and Corti fed £50 notes into the fire. According to Drummond, only about £900,000 of the money was actually burnt, with the remainder flying straight up the chimney. Uh, two days later... Um, they destroyed all film and photographic evidence of the burning. But 10 months later, Gimpo revealed no. to them that he had secretly kept a copy. Gimpo! Gimpo! Oh, Gimpo. Come on. Yeah, there's actually footage of this online. And like, as far as like everything I've read and like all accounts of it, they, they did legitimately burn a million pounds. It's not a hoax. They just did this. Um, so yeah. And then after, after they burnt the money, they hosted... Um, a three-day event called Why Did KLF Burn a Million Quid? <laughs> and um, they went around and like they gave people the chance to ask questions and da-da-da, but they didn't have any answers for why they did it. Not one. They just kind of, like, the people there were quite angry and upset at them. Just like, why did you do this? And they've got nothing of note to say. God, yeah, um, I can see there there is just footage online of it, of them yeah, burning yeah. the money. And uh, God. At, at, this, at this event, um, they instead asked the audience why they think they did it and asked for them to come up with the re- meaning behind oh, it. Piss um, off. Yeah, but then I think things got a bit sour and so they eventually resolved just to not speak about it and imposed a 23-year moratorium on the matter. Um, yeah, And so in 23 years' time, 
they just well, for 23 years they didn't talk about it didn't divulge any information didn't really do anything about it and then in august 2017 on the 23rd anniversary of the burning the klf hosted another event called again why did the klf burn a million quid and it was the same as before people came expecting answers but once again they just made the audience vote on what reason they liked the best and then went with that one. Oh. <laughs> God. Okay. So this was a, a three-day um, event they hosted, uh, filled with processions, pyres, and performances. And when it reached its finale, black and white posters began to appear all around Liverpool in the characteristic KLF font. It seemed that Drummond and Corti decided to have the last word and the last laugh on the reasons behind the money-burning episode after all. The posters read, Why? Be- this is all in, in all caps. Why? Because we are fucking stupid and ran out of ideas. Now we need the money back. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's okay. fucking spelled F-U-U-K-I-N-G. Fooking. Fooking. That's the story of how to lose a million quid in an hour. Why would you do? Why? What would? I don't. They were quite, they were like, they were very, I don't know what the word, wankers. Oh, okay. They're very wankers. It's a very wanky thing to do. It was like, well, yeah, like I, I, well, I, I like it. Obviously, I would never burn a million crowned pound. I could never do it, but I respect them for doing it. I think they were just quite, and like, I don't know. It's like there was their way of sending a message. Um, like they're quite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I can't come up with the reason. They can't come up with the reason. They just bloody did it. I think yeah, it's just a general distaste for the music industry. <sighs> when they wrote the Doctor Who song, they also released a book um, called like how to how to write a number one. Um, and like sold like basically the, like their formula and kind of how they approached it and like little things you can do to write a number one. I think apparently that book did in fact help like um, generate a lot of number ones for quite a few bands. Oh, so wow. they know what they're talking about. Just don't listen to them for financial advice is all I'll say. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's, that's a brief overview of the KF, KLF at least, the most interesting bits. The, the interesting little band, but yeah, it's kind of hard to get past them burning a million schmackaroos. Yeah, crikey. Mm. Bonkers. Um, I do have clarification on the God of War thing, which I claimed did not happen at all. What did happen is there was a goat. They served a goat that was just they got from a butcher's shop, but it wasn't slaughtered at the event. Um, they did not like mem- it, people who were invited to the party were not invited to eat warm offal from its stomach, as reported in the tabloids. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, people who didn't even attend the event had done all these write-ups about how horrible it was but uh i think the most that happened is a goat was served up uh, on the table um, sounds so. delicious God. yeah mm. wonderful well i believe that's everybody's things mm. plural thank you very much guys for your things and thank you listeners slash viewers for your things as well uh there is some sort of shop and it's very exciting because there's a new thing there michael johnson your darn tutin if you head to your web browser of choice and type in that bar vidiotsofficial.com and navigate over to that lovely little shop button you will be presented with a veritable bounty of vidiots goodies including t-shirts including the new gravy oh, yes. Ooh, oh, yes. oh, treat yourself it's good christmas Ooh, and we've also got. Ooh, sorry, I thought it's my brain would come up with something else. Christmas. Ooh, ooh. 
Have you got that? And also all your old familiar favourites. Beans Time, Podiat's Legends, that VS1 logo, all on hats, hoodies, stickers and more. So go check it out. That's vidiotsofficial.com and click on shop. Absolutely. Uh, we have a YouTube, a Twitter, a Facebook, all.com forward slash Vidiots Official. Our Discord, where we picked a couple of today's listener submitted things from, is vidiotsofficial.com forward slash Discord. Go join, say hi to the listeners, hang out. Thank you to Tommy and Fleckers, who moderate us there, by the way. Really appreciate you guys. And twitch.tv forward slash Official. That's where we streamed uh, the Vidiots Reunion 5 and where we very occasionally do streams as well. So why not give it a follow? So you can be notified as and when we go live. Podiots.com is where you need to go. Donate £3. You'll get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast and you'll join Pod Squad. And we'll really appreciate it. A reminder that this is your last call for Christmas shout outs because next episode will be the final one of the year. Mikey, can you take us through yours again, please? The Generous, your waifu but with a pee-pee. Brian Butterfield's Pizza. Michael, put that down now. Rocks the Fox. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, I still love you, Kaoline. Please come back. And Jack Mihoff. Uh, we've also got Chris My Ass. Kirby Blurby Herby Derby. The very generous return of the ball bag. The very generous Alexa remembered to donate. Cheers for that, uh, which was uh, from an earlier one. Uh, Raindrop Joy and Donak07. And finally, we have Happy Blobs Giving, Stephen Skodes, Caroline I Buried the Cat, Lard Breadtovich, Ordered Water But Got Puyol, At Dave on X, Crunch D's Nuts Cornflakes, Do You Fellas Like Ladies, Ladies Nuts I Got em, and Mr. Macca. Thank you very much, Pod Squad, for this week. Podiots.com, £3 or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Peter, what's out on Vidiots this week? Five years ago. Well, I'll tell you. Um, we have got RDR2 Horse Cliff Diving Challenge, the one that made my mum sad. Oh, yeah. Podiots Episode 22, Quackadack. Vidiots Live Twitch Stream, Spyro Reignited Trilogy Number 1. It's the meme, see? Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Worst games ever, Biker Mice from Mars. Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition Unboxing. Vidiot's live Twitch stream, Mikey's Drawing Things. Podiot's episode 23, The Terror Graph. Um, Merry Christmas, Johnny, an unlisted video with 10 <laughs> views. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Merry Christmas, Johnny. Uh, Vidiot's live Twitch stream, Spyro Ignited Trilogy number two. Worst games ever, Xena Warrior Princess. And I think that takes us... Yes, that's it. That is it for now. Wonderful. Mikey, whereabouts are you on the internet if people want to find you? At Parrot Boy on Twitter and Instagram. That is the best place to keep up with what it is I'm doing these days. Lovely stuff. And Peter, where are we? You can find myself at that Peter Austin on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can find Ben at Confused underscore Dude on Twitter. But you can find us both at Team Triple Jump on Twitter, but more importantly, on YouTube and Twitch, all at Team Triple Jump, where we are doing live streams and playing video games and doing challenges uh, with Rules Boss and Billy Ray Walrus is there and we cook food and play worst games ever and all kinds of things. We do indeed. Why not leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and we'd really fucking appreciate it like an awful lot. 
because uh, you can uh, do that for free. Doesn't cost no money, yeah. and uh, and it would be a great way to give back this holiday season. Uh, oh. Guys, do we have a final question before we go? Uh, what advent calendar do you have? Oh, oh did your mum buy it for you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look after yourselves, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the final Podiats of 2023. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.